Beer with Buffy is a retro analytical love roast of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. If you'd like to support our show financially, you can find us on patreon.com slash beerwithbuffy. Don't forget to review us on iTunes if you like what you hear. I was told you were coming. The big bad is back. This time... I'm not sure I'm getting the clearance to come into the initiative. I've been thinking about the world. Jeez. Like vampires. Take a stand and take a night. Fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Uh, the ice cream bar is this one. Welcome to Beer with Buffy. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. Today we are going to be reviewing Buffy the Vampire Slayer, episode three of season four, entitled The Harsh Light of Day. As a night person, I can agree with the title of this episode. Do you concur? I concur. I should have concurred. <laughs> God, that's a good movie. I know, right? What's the name of that movie? Uh, Catch Me If You Can? Yes. Catch Me If You Can. Good yes. good movie. Thank you, Leonardo DiCaprio Vinci. <laughs> Keanu Speed to you. So it's been bothering me for like two weeks now since we recorded episode one of season four where we did the uh, the second set of voicemails. Because I never answered Crystal's question. Crystal, you asked me if I was doing the Swifty Five voice. And that is an excellent question. I'm so glad you asked. And the answer is no. <laughs> no, that was not the Swifty Five voice at all. Um, if anything, I was channeling Borat. And I'm not sorry. Okay, I'm a little ashamed. I don't know if that's the same thing as sorry. But... Yeah, just so everybody else has a half a frame of reference here. Uh, what she meant by that, she was referring to the time when Oz and Willow hooked up in the van. What did I say? Oh, yeah. And Oz was like, do you want me to do the sex to you? And Willow was like, uh, yeah, sure. And he was like, OK, okay. I will now do the sex to you. God. And it's not it's not the Swifty Five voice it's, at all. It feels like it's been fucking months since we recorded that but crystal <laughs> do you want to hear a secret oh god i can count all the way to 55 crystal <laughs> i have a complaint <laughs> why did you bring this to his attention i mean he complains about everything though so yeah, no, actually, so I looked up this fucking video, and... You've watched it a few times I've, now. I've watched it several times now. <laughs> this video was posted in 2006. Oh, God. And even then, like, the top comment was, oh, back from when the internet didn't suck. So, back in 2006, they were nostalgically hearkening back to the olden days on this video. God. So. I just want to applaud you on how deep of a poll that was. <laughs> yeah. You are clearly a fellow 90s child. <laughs> yes. I'm glad we have you along for this ride. And also, just thank you, because I had never seen this video. Like, I mean, I saw the Badger video. I saw the My Spoon's Too Big video. I'm, <laughs> I am I still haven't seen all the Charlie, Uni Charlie the Unicorn videos. 
There's three. Oh, are there? There's only th- what? Yeah. I'm positive. There's only three. I've watched all of llamas at llamas with hats. Carl, that kills people. <laughs> I everybody that I know named Carl hates me now, and I don't care. <laughs> Anytime I message my close friend Carl, whenever I message him out of the blue, I message him with all caps C twenty A's Carl. and a couple L's. <laughs> what is wrong with you, Carl? Well, I I kill people and I eat hands. That's two things. God, I fucking love those fans. <laughs> oh man, <sighs> we're old. Badger, badger, badger. No, badger. fuck you. <laughs> no, no. Uh, uh. But what if? No. No, just hear me out now. No, badger, 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 fuck badger, you. badger. <laughs> Snake, snake. <laughs> On to the mom synopsis. You ever seen the Marvelous Breadfish video? I know I have. I can't recall it currently. Don't remind me further, please. Joshua! <laughs> what are you doing, Joshua? Nobody's making you any breadfish. Not since what you did last Thanksgiving to all the breadfish. Mom, you can't cook and you know it. That doesn't mean I can't blame you for things. <laughs> Isn't that exactly what that means? Don't use your logic on me, Joshua. I'm immune to it. You know that. If there's one thing I know better on this universe. Well, Joshua, aren't you going to synopsisize in the style of me today? What's going on with Buffy the Vampire Slayer? There seems to be a lot of drama going on in people's love lives. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could say that. I remember when my love life was that dramatic. No, you don't. You were married (laughs) once. And you had, like, one boyfriend the whole time I was growing up. And it was very dramatic. Yeah, that's right. It did involve you. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me about your boyfriend, Spike. Stop calling him that. Jeez. (laughs) Making this really uncomfortable for me. What are you, some kind of homophobe? (laughs) No, it's just I can tell by the look on your face. And the tent in your pants. <laughs> That's just not fair, Mom. All right, so Spike is back in town. He's dating Harmony now. I don't know what happened to Drusilla, but he's a little touchy about it. And he's looking for the gem of Amara, which I don't know how many goddamn priceless ancient relics we're going to hide in Sunnydale's crypts, but this is at least three. And uh, so Buffy's getting pretty hot and heavy with Parker. Xander's having some moments with Anya, and they parallel all that with some goings-on between Spike and Harmony. Willow and Oz kind of take a backseat in this episode, but Willow's a very good friend. Oz and Giles actually have a fun moment and connect on a level about music. Buffy ends up fighting Spike and keeping him from being an invincible, psycho-strong, badass vampire, even though he's already, like, probably the most dangerous vampire out there. She keeps the ring to send it to Angel, and that's the episode, pretty much. Ladies, gentlemen, spiny-headed little creatures. As soon as the sun goes down, 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 down. As soon as the sun goes down, 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 vampire. Competition is a beautiful thing. Cold open? Cold open to the bronze! The bronze. Wait, are they actually at the bronze? Yeah. 
Oh, that's right. Yeah, because I watched the first 10 minutes <laughs> like a week ago, and I did not rewatch it. Yeah, they opens it. The bronze, Buffy and Willow are watching the Dingoes Ate My Baby up on stage. That is correct. Willow notices Parker, and I love the play here because Willow's like, hey, behind you is Parker, but Buffy's like, I already know he's there. He's wearing that teal shirt, or they're arguing about the color of his shirt. Okay. She actually picked up his reflection. There's a, a mirror. security mirror yeah. up there, yeah. I often argue about the color of teal as well. Go on. We get a nice little fun line from Willow about Parker having a reflection. Right? Lucky for him, he has one. Yes, yes. And uh, I mean, I'm just wondering how long it's going to be before Riley kills Parker. But that kind of <laughs> takes care of itself by the end of the episode. Never mind. So go on. Oz finishes the set. He shows up, joins in the bantering. Willow has a fun little line of Buffy having lusty wrong feelings. <laughs> Buffy's like, okay, yeah, I am. And then Willow's like, no, no, you're you're not. And Buffy's confused for a moment as Willow's like, no, they're, they're not wrong feelings. Like, you're allowed to have lusty feelings for a dude. Yeah. Good on you. Yeah. Well, that explains this comment that I wrote down. Buffy is having lusty, correct feelings about Parker. Yes. Cool. And then Parker steps up and asks if Buffy wants an escort back to her dorm. Giggity. Because it's dangerous out there. Oh, isn't that cute? <laughs> it's like when <laughs> Kathy wanted to, you know, keep Buffy safe by walking with her on the bike trail. It just warms my yep. cold, dead, whittle heart. Did you say whittle? Whittle. I did say whittle. Ew. The older you get, the more you whittle. Who's a whittle if, if vampire? If you start whittling now, then you might be really good at whittling by the time you get to the old folks' home. And you can outwittle the other old dudes. <laughs> you seem to be under the impression that I'm going to have enough money to go to an old folks' home. I'm going to wind up just dying in a ditch at the age of 50 or, dare I say... Swifty five. Oh God. Swifty, Swifty, Swifty five. <sighs> anyway, out back, <laughs> we cut to Willow helping the dingoes pack up. Oz and Devin go back inside. A wild harmony appears. Yeah. So harmony, dumb as ever. She's all like, "Hey, big snake, huh?" Because they haven't seen her since graduation. And they're like, "Weren't you gonna go to France?" And she's like, "Yeah, I didn't end up going." I forget what else she said. I don't know. Something about shopping, 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 shoes, shoes, shoes. I don't know. That sounds like harmony to me. <laughs> and uh, okay, that's actually a reference to a trailer for a video game called Stanley Parable. You should look it up. I'm not just being overtly sexist. And then she's like, enough foreplay. I'm going to drink your fucking blood now. Because as we all know, Harmony's a fucking vampire now. So I really feel like there was a missed opportunity here in the reveal of how we find out that Harmony is a vampire. I really wanted Willow to start talking to Harmony and be like, Hey, yeah, I haven't seen you since graduation. Didn't you die? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would have been so much better. It definitely wasn't a good fake out here. No. They cut to commercial just as Harmony lunges at Willow's neck. Yeah. And so Harmony gets a little bit of a bite. This is truly the episode of dramatic commercial breaks. Oh, God. We yeah. get like four of them. Definitely. Bite before the opening credits. Opening credits happen. 
Oz saves the day and drives Harmony back with the cross. So she didn't get a full bite on Willow. Yeah. That's too bad. I'd like to bite Willow. Just saying. Can't argue with you on that. I know. Harmony's exit line is, Fine, hide behind your boyfriend. I have a boyfriend too. And then she runs away in the dumbest fashion possible. She she runs away all dorky and... That's the only way I can think to describe it. Very dorky. Dorky. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes it funny that she's calling Drusilla Dorcas later. It's like, really? Drusilla was a thousand times cooler than you. Yeah. Anyway, so cut to the street where Buffy's walking with Parker. And Parker's all like, I'm boring. What do you like to do? And Buffy's like, oh, nothing. And he's like, hey, me too. (laughs) Aren't we bonding over this? Yeah. Yeah, I was getting tired of Parker's shit real quick before he proved that I should be tired of his shit in this episode. Ditto. And so he notices the scar on Buffy's neck, which is from Angel from a couple episodes ago when he needed to drink her blood to survive. She says, no, it was an angry puppy. And I mean, she's not wrong. Angel is kind of an angry puppy. He's more of a sad puppy than an angry puppy. Yeah, well, sometimes he's angry. When he vamps out, he's angry, sad puppy. He's an angry, sad puppy. Who's an angry, sad puppy? <laughs> Who's a broody, broody puppy? So, anyway. Any excuse we can have to throw that back in the show. Keanu damn right. I like Parker's line here, though, because of Buffy's scar, he says, mine are all psychological. Well, because she says, what about you? Do you have any scars? And that's his response. And I'm like, fucking run, Buffy. Run, run so fast that your pittery-pattery little slayer feet sound like the goddamn Flintstones mobile accelerating. But. But? There is no but. Same, man. I mean, I like Like, but. Same. Yeah, that's how I know that she needs to run. (laughs) Fucking run. (laughs) Anyway, so for a hot second here, I was like, yeah, maybe Parker's not that bad. Uh, He did play the, well, my dad's dead card. And let me tell you. If there's one perk to your father being dead, it's getting to watch the room come to a screeching halt every time you say that. And then you get to look like a sociopath immediately by being like, oh, I mean, I'm fine. It's, you know, it's, n- <laughs> it's not a big deal. I just, you know, it seemed irrelevant to the conversation. <laughs> but for me, it's been 15 fucking years. I don't know how long I'm supposed to feel bad about it. Right. I mean, yeah, it sucks. Uh, But you got to move on at some point. Whereas for Parker, it's only been a year. He hasn't had enough time to to play the turnaround. Oh, but I'm fine. Yeah. No shit. It took me at least five. But I I do like Parker's line here. He says, don't you just hate guys that are all, I'm dark and broody, so give me love. Yeah, kill him, Buffy. (laughs) He's not worthy of you. She outright lies. She's like, I don't think I've ever met that type. Yeah, no, that bothers me. You do <laughs> not only met that type. You do not need to lie to the normie muggle likes of this little twit. <laughs> they do have it is a sweet little moment here though. And Parker asks not Buffy sweet to to- enough. Buffy needs to be able to spread her Buffy wings. That's not what you thought I was going to say, was it? No. <laughs> I thought you were going to go way in the other inappropriate direction. Yeah, no, we'll do that later. <laughs> Giggity. 
I can't wait. Yeah, so Buffy's like trying real hard to get on his good side. After he plays the Hey, My Dad's Dead card, she's like, look, I have sadness too. I drowned a couple years ago, but I got better. And he's like, (laughs) oh, that's great. I'm so glad you drowned. I can't wait to try again. And Buffy's like, what? And he's like, what? (laughs) Okay, that didn't actually happen. But honestly, I think I would have preferred if it had gone down that way. Right. Parker's like, I'm so happy that I found someone to commiserate with. And Buffy's like, I'll show you my carpe if you show me your diem. And Parker's like, well, why don't you come to this party with me? Like they haven't already been hanging out for over a week. Yeah. Dig this. Dig this. Sire has wings. Sire beheading. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Sunlight. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Blue water. Usual. Oh, yeah. I hit him. What? A desk. From there, we cut to Giles' apartment. Where... I was going to say, don't you dare cut Giles. I will <laughs> cut you. Or Giles will cut you. I won't need to. Where Xander is doing some work for Giles. <laughs> Well, if you want to call it that. (laughs) I have the exchange here. Something about the alphabet. Yes. So Xander says, I'm not enjoying this. Well, shove them correctly and we can finish. I don't get your system. System? It's called the alphabet. (laughs) But no, the payoff of this is Anya walks in and says, your door was unlocked. You should lock your door. And Giles's response, and this is one of my quotes of the day, is, believe me, I'm kicking myself. So Anya wanders in, as she is wont to do, especially throughout this episode in particular. Yeah, that's like her thing to do. Yeah, she's turning into a real stalker. <laughs> and she needs to have the chat with Xander. Xander is rightfully perplexed. Anya's having naked dreams about Xander. When's the last time you had a naked dream about Xander, Rex? Never. Really? It's never happened. But you both have X's in your name. That's two X's. That's one X away from being three X's. You know what three X's means? It means you're having naked dreams about Xander, and I think you're lying to me. I think I'm not lying to you. I think I just logic to you to death, Rex. That isn't real logic. Yeah, that doesn't make it not real. I think that's exactly what that means. All right. Well, (laughs) why don't we just ask Einstein when he gets here then, huh? Argue with him. He's dead. All right. Uh, what about that other guy in the wheelchair? Also dead. Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> Hawking. Stephen Hawking. That's right. <laughs> All right. This one goes out to you, Stephen Hawking. I think we need to address something here, though, because Xander's mom obviously wants Xander to get laid because she keeps telling Anya where Xander is. Oh, is that how she found him at Giles? Oh, that is how she found him at Giles's. Yeah. Because she keeps saying, your mom told me you were here. <laughs> and she keeps managing to find Xander. So that's got to be how she keeps finding Xander. And so I think Xander's mom is trying to really wingman for her son. <laughs> Probably. Well, if he gets married, maybe he'll move out of her basement. Right? Yeah, that's that's fair. So Anya's having naked Xander dreams. I think there's an ointment for that. It's called lube. Am I right or am I right? (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, I don't want to hear anything about you and lube. So is that is it nothing to do with me and lube? It's Anya and lube was the joke. Like if you're having naked dreams about someone, schlick it out, fucker. Schlickety 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 five. Oh my god. All right. You want to know a secret? No. No, I don't want to know a fucking secret. I have a secret. Uh, about shut up about your secret. The lube. <laughs> it is called Schlickety 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 Five. So, anyway. So Xander replies, Really? You know, if I'm in the checkout line at Walmart, I've had the same one. Heyo. Talking about his dreams being naked. <laughs> so, the moral of the story is. Anya wants to keep dating, and she just has this way of just assuming that shit is happening that's like eight steps beyond social cues. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really. So Xander tries to explain to Anya that you can't force these types of things, and then she proceeds to force these types of things, and if it were anybody else and not nice guy Xander, this would be really creepy. Um, it's still really creepy. It's still creepy, but it works for them. And that's cute. Yeah. <laughs> Cut to the dorm. Buffy and Parker. And Buffy seems to know a lot about wood. Right? Yeah. They're about to kiss just as Willow and Oz show up. Yeah, they totally crash what looked like it might end up being the first kiss. Which is surprising yet again to me, because they established at some point, I can't remember when, that they've been hanging out for over a week, like every day. In the bronze. In the bronze they established. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she was talking to Willow, and it's like, well, you've been hanging out every day for a week. And she's like, yeah, I just want to give him some space. You know, I don't want to be the clingy one or something. Yeah, I mean, every day for a week? Yeah, and you still haven't kissed? I find that unlikely. In high school, sure. But in college? Yeah. No. 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 Willow and Oz show up and kill the party, bringing news of that angry puppy. <laughs> Which, of course, is actually Harmony, but they have to talk in vampire code because they have a muggle in their ranks, which is Parker. Parker fucks off. Buffy brings Willow and Oz into the bedroom where they tend to Willow's neck wound. Buffy's line, guy dating Harmony? dead must be the most tolerant guy in the world <laughs> and uh one of my quotes of the day here oz was like well Devin dated her for a while but she was too flaky for him which stop and marvel at the concept <laughs> because devon has been a background character for a while and as we know he dates the flakiest of the flakes yes so yeah i thought that was funny so we cut to the underground somewhere and who might that boyfriend be Spike and he's back and he's back and he's back and he's back. Spike is back. Yes, motherfuckers. Harmony storms in and wants to tell her boyfriend that the bad girl and guitarist were mean to her. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> right. Well, so Spike's threatening some poor bastard that's helping him, who appears to know what he's doing and talking about. Spike's like, well, you better be a hell of a lot more than sure, mate. It's like, really? I mean, that doesn't seem necessary, but I guess it uh, keeps you on the top of the totem pole Yeah. in these parts. Well, you're vampires. Scary works. Sure. I've just, I've really been rethinking the whole, uh, 
you know, alpha beta concepts that we've all come up with. Oh, it's total bullshit. It's total bullshit. I didn't realize that it was complete and total bullshit because all of the studies about alpha and beta group dynamics is based on studies of wolves in captivity. Yep. Huh? Yeah. In, and not in the wild. Yeah. Wild wolves do not act the same way. Yeah, no, they actually care about each other and hold each other up. It's not all about, hey, my dick's bigger than yours. What a concept. Which sounds amazing. Right? Yeah. So Spike's dick is way bigger than this one, guys. And Harmony pops in at just the worst, but the best, but the worst moments. <laughs> and Spike calls her out on it immediately. And... Harmony is just, she's doing it on purpose, so obviously. She's like a cat, but it's it's worse because she's being manipulative and extremely needy, whereas cats just don't understand that when you're busy, it might be important. Exactly. <laughs> but Harmony has no such excuse. Even I don't, I don't believe that Harmony is stupid. She's just flamboyantly shallow. Shallow. I'm going to go with shallow. I think she's also stupid. I mean, yeah, she's not the smartest sandwich in the crayon box. <laughs> Somebody definitely crammed that sandwich into, like, where all the different shades of green used to go. It does not go there. That is not a smart sandwich. No, that is just not where sandwiches belong. Yeah, there's fucking mayo and peanut butter just pfft, out everywhere. Mayo and... Mayo and peanut butter on the I, same sandwich? I what told the you, fuck? I told you, it is a stupid sandwich, Rex. <laughs> It is not a smart sandwich. <laughs> Damn it. I almost made it without imagining what that would taste like. Hey, it could have been mustard and jelly, all right? But I went with mayo and peanut oh, butter. Oh, I could... You can have sweet mustard, though. Sure. You could make mustard and jelly work. Uh, uh, maybe. Depen if, depending on the jelly, depending on the mustard. If it was the apocalypse, then... I'll listen to your story about mustard jelly sandwiches. There's no way in hell peanut butter and mayo works. All right, write a screenplay, since every other huh. asshole on the planet has a serialized arcing television <laughs> show about the zombie apocalypse, and we can chat. But until I've, you do that, no, I don't want to so hear done with the zombie. I don't want to hear about your gross ass mustard and jelly sandwiches. We should figure out what kind of deal this is. I mean, is it a gathering, a shindig, or a hootenanny? Well, gathering is brie, mellow song stylings. Shindig, dip, less mellow song stylings, perhaps a large amount of malt beverage. And hootenanny, well, it's chock full of hoot, just a little bit of nanny. Anyway, Harmony wants to go to a party. So Spike decides to take her to a party. Uh-huh. Things get kinky from there. Yeah, so... <laughs> Spike Spike really wants to keep things on the down low and he seems to think that killing the Slayer's best friend might hinder that plan somewhat. Maybe a little bit. Just a little bit what some, you know? Anyway, from here we cut to the party. Yeah, because Harmony wants to eat people at a party, Spike obliges. And of um, course it's got to be the same party. Yeah, they just happen to go to the same party that Parker invited Buffy to. Where Biff Naked is playing. Yeah. Fairly active artist in the 90s. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't realize. Buffy and Parker have some completely inconsequential back and forth before... Who do they run into? 
Spike and Harmony. Talk about some season one lack of foreplay, for fuck's sake. I know, right? Like, show uh, a bit of Spike and Harmony in the fucking background <laughs> or something. Yeah. Like, they literally cut from Spike saying, oh, we can't tip off the Slayer that I'm here, to Spike personally accidentally running into the Slayer. Yeah. For fuck's sake, on a tip mouse. Just... <laughs> Anyway, so their weekend at burning some poor fuck at this party. I mean, he's not dead, but he's pretty damn close. Did you see how <laughs> he's great he was? He's mostly dead. He, yeah, I'm not dead yet. Yeah, but he is mostly dead. So this poor bastard has like this gaping wound on his neck. And Parker's like, oh, looks like your friend got the drinking started a little early. And I'm like, wow, looks like you need to not go into the medical field. Good thing you quit pre-med, as we learn right? later. Yeah, fucking dick. So, yeah, Parker's adult. So Parker tries to shake Spike's hand, and the look on Spike's face is just fucking priceless. It, the facial acting that James Marsters pulls off in this very short bit yeah. is golden that super smarmy <laughs> you don't really think i'm gonna shake your hand mate do you that is it first of all my hands are full with this dude and my girlfriend's vagina second of all what <laughs> <laughs> and he so he responds i like him he's got what's the word vulnerability <laughs> <laughs> and buffy responds and you with harmony What'd you do? Lose a bet? <laughs> Burn! Seriously. And I, I love that it's like the only moment that trips up Harmony this whole episode to the point where she's like, hey, I don't have a response for that. And then Spike does the best smart thing he could possibly do in this cir circumstance. He does a yabba dabba do and meep meeps the fuck out of there. Fucking bolts! They drop the dude. <laughs> that oh. Poor fucker. Yeah. That... He lands on Parker. I'm sure falling and being abandoned was probably the best thing that happened to him that night. Right. Until nobody realizes that this man is dangerously low on blood. Right. Until well after the party is over. So Harmony and Spike bolt in different directions, which is smart. But obviously Harmony follows too goddamn close. Spike and Buffy uh, run into each other outside as Buffy's looking for him around some bushes out back. And they exchange a quick fist fight. Buffy quips something about Drew leaving him already. And Harmony butts in and just is not helpful at all. At like, least not for Spike. Not just foot and mouth. Like, whole leg. <laughs> yeah. Served up on a silver platter. Yeah. Kind of. Damn. Yeah. She outs that Spike is looking for the gem of Amara. Um, so they bail. Spike's pissed at Harmony, understandably so. Cut to Xander's house. So Anya butts in because her mom, because Xander's mom sent her around back. His mom really wants Xander to get laid, get married, get the fuck out. Yes, she does. <laughs> But she also wants somebody to relay messages about fabric softener because, you know, the washer and dryer are in the basement where he lives in his mother's basement. So Anya throws herself at Xander, much to Xander's juice boxes dismay. 
but not before relaying a message from his mother to add the fabric softener when the timer goes off. The juice box thing? <laughs> like, I knew it was coming. I remembered it. But it just fucking floored me. It's so fucking funny. Well, I wasn't expecting it to be a juice box because he was like, can I offer you a drink? I have cran apple. And, you know, I'm expecting a glass jar poured into a glass at least. Like, okay, it's just (laughs) juice. That's cute enough in and of itself. But he pulls out a fucking juice box (laughs) and she's already stripped naked by the time he turns around and... Just juice box everywhere. I can report. I've had this happen to me once in my life. Oh, my. When I was in my early 20s, it is when you're in your early 20s and younger, the best come on possible. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I like obvious signs. That's a good one. Right? Yeah. Oh, hello. I see you've disrobed yourself completely of your own volition in my presence. So we cut to Giles' house? Nope, campus. Oh, yeah. Giles' house slash payphone. Yep, so Buffy's telling Giles about the gem of Amara that Harmony had mentioned, which Giles very quickly informs her and finds a textbook to support this, that the gem of Amara is the vampire equivalent of the Holy Grail. And at this point, I am fully expecting this episode, if not the entire season, to turn into Ripper Giles, The Last Crusade. (laughs) Ripper was the dog's name. Huh? Right. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? I will will back that idea. Is that a million dollar movie idea or what? I, yes. Yes. Print it! (laughs) (laughs) What could possibly go wrong? Cut to the lair where Harmony is annoying the shit out of Spike, which, honestly, I'm really enjoying these scenes. I, okay, there's a certain amount of it that I am, but... There's also a certain amount of it that reminds me of your ex-girlfriend, so I can imagine how it might be a little traumatizing for you. You know what the problem with that is? Huh. It reminds me of more than one of them. Ah, uh, that's problematic at best. Yeah. I mean, were you into it as much as Spike seems to be? I'm going to go out on a limb and guess no. No. All (laughs) righty. But what the fuck is the damn trope of TV shows, especially in the 90s? Like every fucking show had a character. You hated the character because they were just annoying as fuck. I'm thinking Full House and the next door neighbor, Kimmy. Yeah. Is that who we're talking about here? That's a good example. Okay. They weren't funny. It was like this idea that, oh, if we make an annoying character, that will get laughs. But it was just annoying. Hmm. I don't know. I didn't think too hard about it. I was more stuck on uh, just how painfully abusive this cycle is on both ends. Like, they're both awful yeah. for each other and to each other. But they're vampires. I mean, I do find the annoying character trope funny in some cases. I'm dating. I am having serious dating with a werewolf, and I'm studying witchcraft and and killing vampires. It's like a drug. So Harmony's going on, she's like, is Antonio Banderas a vampire? Spike's like, no. Harmony's like, (laughs) can I make him a vampire? Again, no. 
On second thought, yes, go do that. Take your time. <laughs> do Melanie and the kids as well. <laughs> and I just think it's hilarious because this is obviously around about the time the interview with the vampire came out. Or wait, no. Um. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, because he played the vampire Armand in Interview with the Vampire. Yes. Yes. I, it's been a long time since I've seen that. No, no, no. That's not a question. I know for a fact. Okay. He was Armand. It, he only had a small role in Interview with a Vampire, but he also had his own novel in The Vampire Chronicles, which I haven't read all of, but I did read The Vampire Armand. It's right. Emily was telling me that you two had a long conversation about. Oh, yeah. And she basically schooled you in showing off that she knows way too much about that. She does know a <laughs> fuck ton. Like, all I remember about the vampire Lestat, both the character and the book, is that he gets sired as a vampire and then immediately sires his mother and fucks the bejesus out of her for about a decade. It's one of those things that I love about that girl. She will fucking surprise you at her oh. wealth of goddamn knowledge. And his best friend. He sires him and fucks the bejesus out of him for a decade as well. Um, so there was something about his pink nipples. Sounds like a trend. Yeah, right? Yeah. I don't know shit about those books. Well, I've barely seen most of the movies. There you go. That was probably the most interesting part, and I just spoiled it for you right there. Awesome. I'm fine so, with that. So Antonio Banderas is going to actually become a vampire now. Um, I am Antonio. <laughs> a Banderas. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Too sexy. <laughs> so <laughs> harmony starts doing her i want attention by annoying you routine and spike of course goes for it hook line and sinker they get into some hot steamy nonsense with the music and the heart-shaped bed and everything and i liked their exchange on the outro of the scene here spike says i've got an extra set of chains harmony says just because dorcas went in for that spike grabs her hair and shoves her down on the bed really hard and he says, Drusilla, say your name. Harmony says, Dorcas. He's like, bite your tongue. And she's like, do it for me. Uh. And I mean, if you're going to do that shitty 90s thing, do it yeah. right. And they did. I give Harmony props on that. That's a good line. Like they they were really having some good chemistry in their first couple of scenes here. Like, it all goes sour real fast because it's obviously an abusive rebound relationship. Yeah. For, well, more for Spike because it's probably Harmony's first vampire relationship. Anyway, cut to quite possibly the best scene ever to happen <laughs> in Buffy the Vampire Slayer ever. <laughs> in Xander's basement. Anya... I don't know if I can agree with ever, but damn, is it up there? It's it's definitely <laughs> up there. I may change my tune at some point in time, but as of right now, this is one of my favorite scenes ever. So Anya is still standing there naked, presumably explaining sex to Xander. Right? And he hasn't moved at all. <laughs> like, he is still frozen like a goddamn statue. Like, I'm not sure exactly how much time has elapsed, but it's been at least 15 minutes. At least. <laughs> like, like bare fucking possible minimum. Bare minimum. <laughs> She's still standing there naked. And, <laughs> and this is in a basement. <laughs> it can't be that warm. Right? Eh, she's got demon blood. It's weird. So she's like, at which point 
the matter is brought to a conclusion with both parties satisfied and able to move on with their separate lives and interests. To sum up, I think it's a workable plan. What it all boils down to is Xander's like, sex is about expressing feelings or something. And Anya's like, well, frankly, it's just ludicrous to have these interlocking bodies and not interlock. Please remove your clothing now. And once one of my quotes of the day. Yeah. Xander replies with, and the amazing thing, still more romantic than Faith. Yeah. And then the fucking buzzer goes off. Ding. Fabric softener. Fabric softener. God, that was the that was the cherry on top of the icing on top of the luscious, rich, amazing cake that was the scene. It really was. Shit kebabs. Oh, man. <laughs> the thing is, though, Anya really is the perfect fucking woman for him. Right? He needs this kind of directness. And also this kind of obtuse obliviousness to his bullshit. Yeah. For Xander to ever have a healthy relationship. Exactly. Yeah. So cut back to the wolf house party. Yeah. Holy shit, this all still fucking happening on the same goddamn night. Right? <laughs> so yeah, Buffy finds Parker. He asks if her and Spike ever dated. <laughs> her response point blank laughs in his face <laughs> yeah she's like oh my you are a funny man you should go into a career in comedy mr parker because you you are the funniest man of them all <laughs> she didn't really say any of that that's just she me. just said no <laughs> he's like oh good not that it matters to him fucking fuck boy right mcgee it matters to him now because he's not fuckboy McGee yet. Yes, that is absolutely correct. Then they dance. Intensely, I might add. It was so intense. Oh, the broody intenseness of their dancing. Anyway. It's not Angel that she's dancing with. Yeah, it's still broody. She's There's a little piece of Angel's broodiness that she'll never let go of. Well, yeah. I'll never let go, Angel. <laughs> <laughs> there was plenty of room on that fucking door. That's all I'm saying. Cut to them talking. Parker was pre-med, and now he's a history major. They kiss. Yeah, Buffy makes a choice, and she stoops the ever-loving history major out of Parker. <laughs> and so now, Giles, we're cutting back and forth to a heavy, hot, and make-out, and fuck-boy scene. To Giles calling Buffy and leaving a... Uh, I almost said voicemail. <laughs> a message on her machine. Essentially the same thing. I know, but do you remember the days when you had a fucking machine you had to check at home? Of course I do. Dude, I remember when we transitioned from having a cassette tape in our machine to I was like, wait, but where does it get recorded? There's no tape. <laughs> <sighs> I Digital was media. There was this magical time when media was transitioning from hard copy media to digital media, and we didn't understand it. Yeah. It was fucking scary and weird. Yeah, that's what I said. Scary and weird. Just like that. Verbatim. I keep using that word. I do not think it means what I think it means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just Inigo Montoya'd myself. 
I Inigo Montoya myself every day with lube. So is it inappropriate enough yet, guys? I don't know if I can be too much more inappropriate. That's a lie. I'm positive and confident in my ability to be very much more inappropriate. Yes, it's time to listen. The good guys are always stalwart and true. The bad guys are easily distinguished by their pointy horns or black hats. We always defeat them and save the day. No one ever dies and... Giles is at home. We're cutting back and forth between the sex scene and Giles, and and he's all like, Alexandretta, of course! Oh, thank God. It's a fake. <laughs> Look what you did, Junior! I can't believe what you just did! Because he's living out the entirety of the Last Crusade behind the rest of the scenes about all these relationships and shit that's going on. What I really want to see is Ripper Giles the Last Crusade. Okay? I don't care who's getting laid. I am 35 years old. Been there, done that. Thank you very much. I have nothing to add. Ripper, what's the dog's name? <laughs> just really trying to milk that, that Sean Connery accent. I just, I just love that. <coughs> Ripper, what's the dog's name? Because he's Ripper. I watched that just the other day. It's like, that wouldn't work if Giles didn't have a nickname. Right? But he does. Dr. Giles. <laughs> uh, Buffy, it belongs in a museum. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, Buffy wakes up alone in Parker's room. It's the next morning. She's like, shit, I'm naked. <laughs> she starts trying to find her clothes. She can't find her clothes, but then Parker walks in. Uh-huh. And he's being all cute and shit. Yeah, he's like I was worried that he was just going to be completely fucked off right away, but no, he comes back and he brought coffee and he's being a stand-up follow-up dude. Like, "Hey, I never fuck a woman and then just bail. That's for douchebags. I wait until the day after to bail he brought her coffee he helps her find her clothes and whatnot they promise to talk later cut to xander's room where we get a nice contrast of xander and anya very awkwardly getting dressed <laughs> anya's like so i'm over you now and he's like all right or okay <laughs> and then she's super pissed what do you mean okay and she storms off I suspect her plan has backfired. Right? Yeah, now she's even more into him. And then we cut again to the next couple who was boning. Yeah, there's three of them. Count it three. Three yeah. couples boning. Probably four because I'm sure Willow and, and Oz were at it. It could go all the way up to Swifty Five. <sighs> Swifty, Swifty, Swifty Five. People boning, Swifty Five. Who's no. your catch? 55. Girlfriend's age, 55. 50, 50, 55. Harmony is drawing on Spike's back with Yikes. lipstick. Yep. Back to being annoying. But <laughs> she says, you love that tunnel more than me. And Spike replies, I love syphilis more than you. <laughs> oh, Spikey Spike, you did this to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> no sympathy. In fact, I really just revel in your misery at this point. Yeah. It doesn't make me love you less. 
I it's just funny. I like funny. And I, it is and I, funny. I care not what form it comes in for the most part. I do have a line somewhere that I draw. I don't know. Let's not get into that. Buffy's dorm. <laughs> she nearly strips in front of Giles. Nearly. Wait, really? I didn't. Yeah. I missed that. She as soon as she walks in, she starts undoing the lace of her halter top thing that she's wearing. Oh. As she's walking towards the bed and she gets to the bed immediately before it's fully unlaced and Giles is like, Hey there, I've been waiting for you in your bedroom as an old man just sitting here in two young girls' dormitories. <laughs> to be fair, Willow's there. Yeah, no, I had totally forgotten for a moment that <laughs> Willow was Buffy's new roommate. And I was like, Jesus Christ, guys, just let yourselves in, I guess. But no, it is Willow's room also, so it makes perfect sense that Giles could be in there. We got a good little exchange here between Buffy and Giles. Yeah. Buffy says, I was uh, studying at the library all Saturday night. Uh, you know what? I'm an adult now, and it's none of your business what I do. And promptly threw it on the ground. Yes. Yes. Because she's an adult. Because she is a Keanu damned adult. That is correct. No, Giles replies with, I'm sincerely relieved to hear that. Now, can we discuss impending disaster? <laughs> but I think he's completely, genuinely meaning that he is sincerely relieved to hear that she doesn't care what he thinks. Because he's like, woman, I am not your father. Right? Be your own damn person. Yeah, could go either way. So they're talking about this goddamn gem of Amara that he's already tracked down. Didn't take long. Took approximately the power of three couples fucking for him to find this gem. You know, it's like when planets align. I know. Shit just happens. Exactly. So all I have to say is, motherfucker, how many ancient relics are hidden in Sunnydale and how many times are they going to use this goddamn cheap plot trick? And why, Giles, have you not fucking categorized every last one of them yet and gathered them and put them in a vault? Why haven't they just dug through every single crypt in Sunnydale just in their downtime? Yeah. Just to make sure. These look like they could be somewhat ancient, notable artifacts. Let's put them in a vault. Because obviously there's a huge vampire problem. I think it's justifiable. Obviously anybody can get into or out of these crypts anyway. It's really pointless to try and, you know, call people out on being grave robbers. I think we just found the plot of the Ripper movie. <laughs> grave robbing. There it is. <laughs> Didn't everybody accuse Indiana Jones of being a grave robber anyway? No, he was a great. He was a grave robber. He absolutely was. Ripper, the grave robber slayer or something. Buffy tells Giles and Willow to go find the crypt. She'll try and find Spike before he finds the gem of Amara. Giles leaves and uh, Willow is way up. Buffy's butthole, Morty. She doesn't want a diagram. But. She wants a blurry watercolor. Yes, blurry watercolor version of the events that took in place with Parker. And Buffy's all swoony. Swoony? Yeah, she's swooning over Parker. Swoon. Get it? She's swoony. Yeah. No, I get it. All right. I'll take it. Yeah, so Buffy informs Willow that she stripped the Jesus flakes out of Parker. <laughs> The Jesus Flakes? That is correct. <coughs> Fun fact. 
That's what cornflakes originally were. Some delicious masturbatory preventative flakes <laughs> with Jesus's face stamped all over them. <laughs> Willow is excited. Uh, look it up. Cornflakes were originally invented to prevent masturbation. Also, male circumcision. Anyway, Willow is very excited, seemingly more excited than Buffy living vicariously through Buffy, if you will. And I think you will. <laughs> they say young people don't learn anything in high school nowadays, but um, I've learned to be afraid. So what was the uh, story about that alligator? Cut to the lair tunnel. Okay, Dr. Evil. All right, I didn't go to frickin' evil doctor school for ten frickin' years for you to call me... Oh, wait, you did call me doctor. Okay. <laughs> and so Spike found the crypt already. Woot? I don't know who to root for anymore. Right? <laughs> root for what's going to be most entertaining. There we go. Uh, Spike quickly forbids anyone from leaving the lair until they get the gem of Amara because they don't need any slayers following them back and finding the crypt. Specifically, he's speaking to Harmony. Yes. So suffice to say, Spike yells quite a lot at Harmony, highlights of which will be read by Rex Hansen. <laughs> he says, I came back to Sunnydale for it, a place which has witnessed some truly spectacular kickings of my ass. Mm, that was a good one, yeah. <laughs> but my favorite part is he ends it with, and by the way, I would be insanely happy if from this point on I heard bugger all about sodding France. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the first moment where Harmony really seems to take Spike seriously for any amount of time. Right. And uh, yeah, so much for that chemistry that they were building up. We end with Harmony saying, I don't know why I let you be so mean to me. Spike says, love hurts, baby. Super broody bad boy bullshit. Yeah, uh, that is not how love actually works. Yeah, that's that's called abuse. That's, Real love doesn't hurt. I don't have anything fancy for that. That's just abuse. So cut back to campus. Buffy's searching for Harmony by showing around her yearbook photo. And this whole scene is really just a montage of Buffy searching, Spike digging further into the crypt, and Buffy waiting for Parker's call. Yep. That's really it. So the scene starts back up in the lair where Spike and Harmony are searching through some uh, some dead folks and yep. they find the gem of Amara. He finds a some other amulet that he thinks is the gem of Amara and he puts it on and tries to have that little yes the power moment. But and then Harmony is over there playing pretty pretty princess on the other side of the room and he gets super pissed. And just breaks off a chunk of wood from something and stabs her in the chest with it. And I was like, oh, I didn't think she died that quick. <laughs> oh, wait. She has the gem of Amara. She was wearing the gem of Amara and she's completely impervious to normal vampire weaknesses. The whole scene here where he takes the ring from her, I don't like it. Were you supposed to? No, I don't know. In what way don't you like it? Like, okay, I get it. Spike is the bad guy. He's supposed to be the bad guy, but it's just the 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 
culmination of an abusive relationship and i hate any depictions of an abusive relationship yeah it's it's really not fun seeing spike like this because we got used to him and drew and even though it was weird and fucked up they still very much loved each other and this is all just petty bullshit between him and harmony it's like what the fuck okay so you're kind of into her sexually and you're kind of turned on by the way that she manipulates you with her annoyingness yeah but that's where it ends that is absolutely where this relationship just stops being anything at all and he's all about that ring oh i have to have this ring so i can be invulnerable because that's the only way for me to be old and feel old manly again his exit line here though is he's like i'm gonna take my gem and go play outside (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think it's funny that he discovered that she was wearing the gem of amara by trying to murder her but (sighs) technically she's already been murdered is it murder if you kill someone when you're already dead (laughs) like it's not murder if you get mauled by a bear or bitten by a snake Like, nobody calls that animal a murderer. Can you call a vampire a murderer when that's what they do by nature? That's that's very interesting, actually. I guess it's kind of murder if a vampire kills another vampire. Yeah. Yeah. But it's really just... I think it's more of slaughter. Yeah, it's hunting and prey when a vampire kills a person. That's a rabbit hole. Let's move on. Yeah, just fun thought experiment there. And so Spike fucks off. For reasons previously mentioned, thank you for that, Rex. Harmony is understandably upset. Yep. Cut to Giles, where we get my favorite exchange of the entire episode. Really? Yes. Go on. Oz says to Giles, Okay, either I'm borrowing all your albums or I'm moving in. Oz, there are more important things than records right now. More important than this one? And he holds up Velvet Underground Loaded. Giles replies with, Well, I suppose an argument could be made for that. (laughs) Which, by the way, Velvet Underground Loaded is an amazingly good album. I'm sure I would recognize probably most of the songs from it, but I I don't know if I've ever heard that particular album. Anyway, I thought it was more entertaining when they find his TV. (laughs) Because... It definitely was very entertaining. All of the Scoobies are just (laughs) shocked. Shocked, I say. (laughs) And they look at Giles like they just found out that their favorite athlete was doing steroids all along. And uh, (laughs) Willow's like, well, I'm sure it doesn't work. It's probably just like a piece of art or something. (laughs) <laughs> and he looks like they just found a dildo under his pillow and he's like uh uh i, I no, it's just tv i don't understand what the problem is uh, <laughs> anyway the whole exchange is hilarious and perfect and conveniently the news comes on and informs them all of a sinkhole under a main road in sunnydale due to unsanctioned tunneling <laughs> cut back to campus and Parker's a fuckboy. Yep. It's Scott all over again. Every time she finds a normal guy, they just turn out to be a fuckboy. She can't find a non-fuckboy that isn't some sort of supernatural-oriented person. Apparently. Yeah. Apparently. 
But more importantly, Parker is using the same fucking my dad is dead line on another girl. Yeah, that's really that's the clincher there is he's totally chatting up this other girl when Buffy sneaks up on him. Anyway, I just I I really don't have anything else to say other than he's pretty much like, no, whatever. We're cool. But they're obviously not cool. And he fucks off. Buffy gets it. She's been had. And Invincible Spike goes boom. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't want to dwell on Parker. Fuck Parker. Parker's gone. Thank God. Yep. Dramatic commercial break. Number 14. They come back and Spike's like, birds singing, squirrels making lots of rotten little squirrels, sun beaming down in a nice non-fatal way. It's very exciting. I can't wait to see if I freckle. <laughs> I loved that line. So they fight. Kind of a quick fight. Buffy stakes him. He heals just the way that Harmony did. Spike immediately, out of the fucking gate here, makes his biggest fucking mistake. He points out the fucking ring to Buffy. Right? Yeah, that's definitely his biggest mistake. So she knows that he's got the Gem of Amara, official sponsor of My Killing You. I liked that line. Yeah. Buffy, you made some bad choices. You just might have to live with some consequences. This isn't over. If I have to, I'll go all the way to the mayor. Cut back to the lair where the Scoobs find Harmony. Yep. And Harmony attacks him. I actually had sympathy for a moment because she's sitting there crying alone in a corner in a crypt saying, Being a vampire sucks, you guys. And I was like, oh my god, yeah, it probably would be, you poor thing. And then she vamps out and I'm like, oh, never mind, fuck you. Well, that went away quickly. Yep. Cut back to Buffy's dorm where Xander's knocking... And, of course, somehow Anya has found Xander. Does she mention Xander's mom in this one? I don't no, think she does. No, she doesn't. Okay. But I'm assuming, and I think I'm assuming correctly. Probably. <laughs> so she's there to talk about being still into him, which, duh. And ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah, I don't have time for this. And he leaves. And she's just like, well, fuck. But, but you... <laughs> I need you to deal with my drama right now. <laughs> but feelings. <laughs> Anya, he'll get back to you when it's slightly less of an emergency. Leave a voicemail at the tone. Cut back to the cavern. Harmony tells them that Spike has the gem. And then she runs away. Literally, and all I wrote was Harmony explains. Next scene. Cut back to campus yep. where Buffy and Spike fight more. Now, you're always giving me shit about knowing when it is a stunt double and when it is the actor during a fight sequence. Okay. But my ability to tell them apart is how I get to know that James fucking Marsters got to throw the Buffy Summers stunt double through a fucking glass table. His stunt double didn't do it. He got to do it. Okay. I don't even remember her getting smashed through a table. <laughs> <sighs> yes, that is relevant things you are saying right now to me. It, take <laughs> take the time sometime after we do an episode to go back and rewatch a fight scene. I'll get right on And that. just, I know, fuck you. <laughs> it's just fascinating to me to see how much 
the actors themselves are actually pulling off. Okay. For fuck's sake. I want to throw someone through a table. James Marsters got to throw someone through a table. Yeah, that's fascinating. I'm happy for them. I really am. But my brain needs breaks throughout episodes. <laughs> and I love fight scenes because I'm like, thank God I don't have to pay attention to all these plot points anymore for a moment. So then, of course, Spike comes to his next fatal mistake. Where he keeps taunting Buffy about shitty things about boys. You know, the one thing that might piss her off enough to win this fight against him while he's invincible. And she does. Who knew? So the combination of these two fatal mistakes pulls off and she takes the ring from him and he immediately has to bolt across the fucking courtyard and happens to jump into a very conveniently open hatch into the sewer. Couldn't have said it better myself. Cut back to Giles' house. Buffy wants to give the ring to Angel. The Scoobies somewhat reluctantly agree. Well, Xander was the only one that was even vaguely reluctant, but it was more like he just didn't understand what was going on, and it was adorable. Giles had a moment where he seemed like he was reluctant, but then it he was more, you could tell, in the mindset of, but vampires can't have this ring. Oh, right. He's a vampire. He uh, should have this ring. Yeah. And so Oz offers to take it to L.A. because he's got a gig. And that's where Angel is. And Xander's a, an idiot. And he's like, what's in L.A.? And I specifically remember there's an episode of Angel where Oz shows up. And so this is a lead in into that crossover. Yep. Yep. We should probably look up at some point the time elapsed between this happening and and Oz showing up in L.A. on Angel. But for current purposes at this moment in time, I don't find it particularly relevant. I'm kind of surprised to discover that this is happening so early in the season. Okay. Because I didn't remember the ring coming into play so early. Because that means that the ring comes into play at the very fucking beginning of, of the entire Angel series. I don't really remember shit about the ring at all. I can't either. So it, that's a pretty big part of Angel then? I thought it was. I might be wrong now in my assumption because it seems to be a earlier plot point than I recalled. Squinteresting. What? Swiftify-five. Oh, God. Anyway, <laughs> to the wrap-up. We're on campus. Willow is informing Buffy that Parker is, in fact... Ah, uh, poophead. Yep. All boys are evil. Well, not all boys, but uh, we know where that argument gets us. Yep. Fucking nowhere. So uh, most of them, anyway, I can solidly agree on it. 95%. Yeah. Yeah, solidly. Definitely. But more importantly, Buffy is still like, maybe I can still talk to Parker. And Willow's like, look, you're you're really fucking missing something about this whole poophead thing. He's poophead. It's mostly that his head is made of fecal matter, otherwise pedestrianly known as poop. Buffy does sad walk. Cut to Anya also doing sad walk. Cut to Harmony also doing sad walk. Sad walk. And the episode closes on three dejected women. I'm sensing a theme of sorts. Yes. Gerarg. Ger fucking arg. Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength, strength. Give, 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 give me more! Nights, I shall give, walk in the earth. 
Hold on. You've got something here. Huh? How'd you feel about this episode, Rex? Spike was back. Spike. <laughs> Spike and Spike and Spike. I mean, Spike. He's never not good. <laughs> right. Like even with the little bits that annoyed me with Harmony, it was still it's still fucking good. And it just gives him back to us because now he's going to be back in this season. Damn right. I'm pretty sure he's back for good and he just pretty much doesn't go anywhere for a long time. Yeah. I'm yeah. pretty sure he's now part of the show. Yep, 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 yep. Well, I also enjoyed this episode, Rex. Thank you for asking. We, oh, right. I'm supposed to do that. We got our spikety spike back, like, for goodsies. I forgot for a moment that I was supposed to care about your opinion. Yeah. So, we, yeah, we got our, we got our spikety spike back, but I just I fucking loved what they did with Anya and Xander. Um, and Harmony is, while she is every bit as annoying as I remember her being, she's ten times more entertaining than I remember her being. Yeah, I give her that. The writing in this episode was phenomenal. It was a delightful romp from beginning to end, <laughs> with the exception of Parker. Fuck Parker. Yeah, fuck Parker. I'm so glad we're done with him already. <laughs> and, uh, cool. So what's your quote of the day? My quote of the day, Rex... I gotta give it to Anya. And frankly, it's ludicrous to have these interlocking bodies and not interlock. Please remove your clothing now. Because as I was watching this scene, synapses from my childhood fired erratically and I said, that's why I love this show. Because man, those words resonated in my head for a good long time. What's your quote of the day, Rex? I'm going to have to go with a part of the big kind of monologue thing that Spike did to Harmony. But just uh, his description of Sunnydale as a place which has witnessed some truly spectacular kickings of my ass. Yeah, that was, yeah. <laughs> huh. Some good character development with that line, too. It's because Sunnydale is really becoming a game-changing place for him. Yeah, he's normal. He's so used to winning, and that's what made him so smarmy and cocky, which is what we love about him. But this is a sign of real character development in yeah. him, and it shows that he legitimately just doesn't really want to be here. <laughs> yeah, it was also an excellent plot point for that reason. Exactly, there it is. So this has been beer with Buffy. As always, find us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. If you want to contact us, you can email us at beerwithbuffy at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 269-743-0783. And that number also accepts text messages. Damn right. Give us a review on iTunes. That's the number one way you can help us build our show. If you'd like to support us financially, you can find us on Patreon which you can find at patreon.beerwithbuffy.com. Or if you'd like to wear something of ours on your body or carry around in a, on a mug, you can buy merch at store.beerwithbuffy.com. That is correct. And as always, thank you to Benjamin Alexander and Reggie Page for our intro, outro, and transition musics. This has been Beer with Buffy. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. Have a good night.
responsibility, and instead of which you enslave yourself to this, this cult. You don't like the color? <laughs> done why are we watching this 